0: Hey, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. Good things are going on here at uh, Pearsons Ministries International. Good things are happening through the outreach of this broadcast, Legacy TV. And here's the good news. Legacy Church is coming, glory to God. We're getting closer and closer every single day. Good things have been happening over the last several weeks, months, even over the course of the last year. Coming into 2020, I would say 2019 was one of the biggest, most monumental years of our lives, my wife and I, Sarah, our family, and for this ministry. If you've been tracking with us, then you know there was some pretty significant change. We moved our lives, our ministry from Fort Worth, Texas, up here to the mountains of Colorado. We're in a little town called Green Mountain Falls, just outside Colorado Springs. And we are so thrilled to be here. This is a dream come true. This is something we began dreaming about over 10 years ago now. And God is so good. He's so faithful. And it just took steps of faith, one right after the other. Looking back on, it now, it seemed to have gone by so quickly in the middle of it. You think, God, when's this going to happen? But it just takes steps of faith. If you just keep walking. You will get to where God's called you to be. And we're living in it right now. We're so excited. This, this building that I'm in is the building that we've purchased a 30,000 square foot facility. And we have by faith laid hold of a hundred dollars a square foot. And if we, uh, when all that comes in, this place will be totally paid for. The sanctuary will be built out and ready for services to start. And the grace of God has been all over this buy up and build out project. We are already over. 20,000 square feet paid for. Glory to God, that's two thirds or more done now. And by the time you see this, we'll be even further along. And we just thank God that he's been able to get us this far and we know that the same goodness of God that got us this far will get us all the way. And you need to be saying that in your life as well. Whatever it is you've set your faith on, whatever it is you're trusting God to do in your life, don't get discouraged where you're at. Take a look around you. Are you further than when you started? If you are, That's the grace of God. And if he got you that far, he'll get you all the way to the finish. Father, we thank you for the good things you're doing in our lives in the lives of our partners and everybody watching this broadcast, anybody who will put faith in you. I know that you are no respecter of persons. What you've done for us, you'll do for others. And we give you all the praise for it in Jesus name. Amen. If you want to be a part of this buy-up and build-out project, I'm going to put some information on the screen right now. A number of ways you can do that. We encourage you to pray with us, believe with us, come into agreement as we build this platform that reaches the nations, as we serve our generation with the word of God and teach them how to live by faith, teach them how to experience a whole life prosperity and how to raise their families in the household of faith. That's the assignment on this local church with a global call. And if you want to be a part of that, pray with us. Come into agreement with us. Give if the Lord leads you. You can text it if you want, LTV, any dollar amount to the number 28950. That's going to go into the buy up and build out project. If you'd like to give online, if the Lord leads you to be a part of this, then do it. Pearsonsministries.com or www.legacychurch.family. You can give there. If you'd like to, you can give using the physical address. We'll put that up there for you as well. But if the Lord leads you to do it, so in faith believing every seed produces after its own kind and whatever he's called you to buy up and build out, then you sow into this and you can believe that God will use that seed as an open door of access to go to work in your life, your family, your business, your ministry, your finances. And we're coming into agreement with you today that everything you set your hand to do in God will prosper in Jesus name. Amen. Let's get into his word today. Several weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago now on the broadcast, we began a new series that we're called Restoring the Soul. We're calling it Restoring the Soul. And our, our uh, main text is here in the book of Psalm chapter 23. I know you've heard these words before, but listen to them again. It says in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. We began a couple of weeks ago looking at Jesus, the good shepherd of our souls. That's who he is and what he's, what he does. And, and though there, much of his ministry on earth was dedicated to teaching and to preaching and to healing. We make so much out of what he did through anointed preaching and, and, and healing the sick. And those things are powerful and wonderful. But there was a whole other side to his ministry that I think sometimes gets neglected. And that was the ministry to the brokenhearted. Jesus said he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Well, that's a soul condition. That's not somebody who was necessarily sick in their body, but that was somebody who had a soul sickness. And sometimes what we fail to realize is that the condition of the soul may be affecting the condition of the body. If there's a soul sickness, it can be very difficult to receive healing in the body unless and until the heart is healed. I mean, we've seen this over and over and over again. We've seen it in our own ministry, ministering to different people, and we've heard testimonies from people how the Lord literally had to heal someone's heart before he could heal them in their body. I'm thinking of one person right now that my wife, Sarah knows well, somebody who had been diagnosed with a very serious physical heart condition, a young person in her 20s, and she's a believer, trusts God for healing, but uh, wasn't, wasn't experiencing it, wasn't receiving it, and as she was praying over some of these things, the Lord took her back to this very deeply strained relationship that she had with her own father and some things really fell apart in their family and the, 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 her parents' marriage ended in divorce and she was estranged from her father who she had been very close to. And it was very difficult. There was a lot about it. She didn't understand, but she carried that with her for year after year after year until she was finally diagnosed with this heart condition and didn't know where it came from. Certainly didn't know how to get herself healed of it. Until the Lord finally spoke up in her one day and said, I am going to heal your heart so that I can heal your heart. How powerful is that? It was almost instantly she realized the connection between all this bitterness and anger and resentment that she'd been carrying around for years towards her father and her family. And when the Lord got that healed, He repaired all that. And when she was healed on the inside, the heart was put back together. The soul was made well. She was healed of that heart condition and she's healed of it today. Glory to God. But what we fail to realize is that connection between the soul condition and the body condition. So much of Jesus ministry was about the restoration of the soul. As a matter of fact, look in the book of Matthew with me. I'm trying my hardest to move on, but there's so much good that we need to see in this. In the book of Matthew chapter 9, you see a synopsis of the whole life and ministry of Jesus, just in a couple of verses. In Matthew 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus was a teacher, a preacher, and a healer. That's what he did all the time. Teaching, preaching, healing, healing, preaching, teaching, preaching, teaching, healing, healing, teaching, preaching. That's what Jesus did all the time. But Listen to verse 36. It starts with this word, but almost, almost like this whole other side of it. But when he saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Jesus was moved with compassion. That's a strong move of the spirit of God in him that can and should be taken place on the inside of us when we see what he saw in people. So most of his ministry sure spent preaching and teaching and healing the people. But there was this other thing that came up in him when he saw multitudes of people who were weary, worn out, discouraged. Now that weariness, the one translation, if you look it up means faint to have fainted. I don't think that just meant that Jesus saw a bunch of people that just sort of passed out randomly on the roads. That's not what that's about. He was talking about the condition of their soul. He was moved with compassion when he saw that these people were weary on the inside. I'm telling you, Jesus is moved with that same compassion when your soul or mine, when we find ourselves in that exact same condition, weary, worn out, discouraged on the inside. And there are many people that would try to tell you in the name of faith, oh, ignore that. You don't, you don't need to be moved by that. And We don't need to be moved by our feelings, but to ignore it, is to, like we've said, ignore a whole third of who we are. We are spirit, soul, and body. You can't ignore it. Jesus didn't ignore it. He healed it. Jesus didn't pretend like it didn't exist. He restored it. He put it back together. That's what makes him the shepherd of your soul. And that's why we talked on last week's broadcast about having a soul revival. David cried out over and over and over again throughout Psalm 119, revive me. My soul clings to the dust, but you revive me according to your word. You make me alive again. You bring me back to life. That's the whole business God is in, in bringing dead things back to life. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's what it is to be born again. Jesus was the first one that was born from death to life so that you could be born again from death to life. And that is born again in every part of your life. Praise the Lord. Born again on the inside with a spirit that's alive unto God, with a soul that's alive and thriving and flourishing, not weary, worn out and discouraged all the time, but healed and whole and put back together. We read in Psalm 23, verse three, where he restores my soul. Listen to the other translations of it. The Amplified Bible says he refreshes and restores my life. I like that word refreshes. I think we'll talk about that today. He refreshes and restores my life. The Passion Translation says that's where, talking about in those green pastures beside still waters, that's where he restores and revives my life. That's what we talked about on last week's broadcast. If you missed it, go back and get it. It's totally free, but catch up with us. He revives, he brings back to life things that have died on the inside. And I'm speaking that over you today. I'm speaking life over you, not just life into your physical body. I call you well and whole and strong physically and all the glory goes to God for that. But he also wants to go to work inside. Putting the heart back together. Remember what the Amplified Bible says here He refreshes and restores my life. He refreshes my life. I want you to look in the book of Acts with me. And let's look at chapter three together for a few minutes here. This is an awesome account in the early days of the church. Miracles are happening just like they can and should be happening in our lives now. And in Acts chapter three, we see an awesome display of the power of God. In verse one, it says, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Now, when you read on to the next chapter, you find out this man has been lame. We know from his mother's womb for 40 years. He's a 40 year old man who for year after year, decades now has been carried by other people and laid at this gate to beg and to ask alms for people. I'm telling you, this is such a picture of the, the meanness and the nastiness of the devil and what he wants to do to people. The, the, there is, it just makes me mad to think about it because there's so many people in a similar condition that, where physically they are burdened and because of that burden, it becomes a burden on other people. And now that burden has turned into another burden where they can't even supply. They can't even earn a living. So now they're a financial burden on other people. But here's the good news. The anointing of God lifts the burden and destroys the yoke. And that's what you're about to see take place here. This man who has had a 40 year burden in his life, this thing's about to get lifted and destroyed in an instant under the anointing and the power of God. Verse three, Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms and fixing his eyes on them with John. Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. That's a good expectation. Now what he got, I don't know that it was what he was looking for, but he was expecting to receive something. Are you expecting today? You need to be expecting to receive something, something good from God today. He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. In other words, I left my wallet at home. (laughs) Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. And this is what he's got. You ready for this? You back up just one chapter before. What is it Peter has that he didn't have before that? Well, that was the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God came on them. The Spirit of God came in them. That's the anointing of God. That same Spirit that anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with power who went about doing good who went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. This man's oppressed by the devil and the spirit of God that was on Jesus is now on Peter. And Peter is about to give this guy some of what he's got. And he says, what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He took him by the right hand, lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So evidently the problem what was keeping this guy on the ground was a lack of strength. He was weak. You could study this out just with these things, you know about this disease, lame from his mother's womb, had it all his life, a total lack of strength. This is a medical condition with a name. People could tell you all about it, describe the whole thing to you. But the problem, his problem, like so many other people's problems, and not just in the physical arena of life, but in the soul as well, was a lack of strength, weakness. And really that's what any sickness is. Sickness in the body is the result of the immune system being weak and where the immune system's weak, the germ or the disease or the virus or the infection or the inflammation, whatever it is, is stronger than that weak immune system. So that's the problem. The problem is weakness. The problem is a lack of strength. And again, that doesn't just, apply, just, doesn't just apply to the physical body. That applies to every arena of life. There's a lack of strength here. There's weakness. But when the anointing and the spirit of God came on this man, all that weakness went away and he immediately received strength. And you know what happens. He went walking and leaping and praising God. And the people gathered, the crowd gathered. They'd seen this guy every day. 40 years, they know who this man is. And all of a sudden, the one who was burdened and couldn't walk, that burden's been lifted. That yoke's been destroyed. And now he's running, he's leaping, he's praising God, that tends to draw a crowd. And when people gathered around, Peter began to preach to them. And he said a lot of powerful things to them, but I want you to notice what he said in verse 19. He just boldly speaks to these people and says, repent. He used this as an opportunity to preach the kingdom to preach Jesus, to preach repentance. And he said, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Now, without me even reading this scripture today, I I can almost guarantee you knew that already. That when you come before God and you repent and you make Jesus the Lord of your life, that your sins are blotted, wiped away, that you're made clean and new and righteous in the sight of God. Did you know that? I bet you did. I bet you knew without me even telling you that that was the result of repentance, that your sins were forgiven. And most anybody in the church or a born again person knows why, why did Jesus die for you? He died for our sins to forgive us of our sins. We knew that, but I want to read something to you. The rest of this verse that, that, reveals to us that just as much as forgiveness is the result of repentance. Listen to this, repent, therefore be converted. Your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Do you realize that this, these times of refreshing that he's talking about here, these are just as much a part of our salvation experience as our sins being forgiven. This refreshing in the presence of God, that word refreshing, look it up. It literally means to be revived. One translation says to be made strong again. That's what this refreshing is all about. And you can have this kind of thing with God, this fresh and vibrant living relationship with Him. It doesn't have to be dry. It doesn't have to be stale. It doesn't have to be dead or boring. You can have a time of refreshing, but where is it found? Only in the presence of God. So what this man found on this day wasn't just a physical refreshing. That's what happened, was it not? I mean, it was a, where there was weakness, now there's strength. He was refreshed in his body, but God is so good. He doesn't just do it physically, does he? He refreshes on the inside. These times of refreshing can belong to you and to me, not just for us physically and really not even just spiritually, but in the soul, your soul can be refreshed. Or in other words, your soul can be made strong. You don't want to have a weary and weak soul. What you want is a strong soul, strong in your mind, strong in your will, strong in your emotions. And you can have this, but it only comes in one place, in the presence of God, in the presence of the Lord. Now, I don't want you to hear that and think, well, okay, quick, I gotta go get to a church that has really good music because man, when I hear that music, I just feel the presence of God. Well, okay, that may be part of it. I need to go get into a place where there's a bunch of people and it's great teaching and I just feel God's presence. All right, well, that might be part of it, but you can experience the presence of God in your own home, in your own room. You can experience the presence of God in your car. What I'm telling you is the presence of God isn't always felt, but it's always there. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is a promise. This is a promise from God to you. And that promise is supposed to result in a boldness to come boldly before the throne of grace. And when you're at the throne of grace, whose presence are you in? You're in the presence of grace himself, the God of all grace. And what do you find there at the throne of grace? Not judgment, not condemnation you find mercy. You find help in a time of need. There is a time of refreshing that's available to you and to me as a believer, and it doesn't just refresh the body, although it does, and I thank God for it, but there is a soul refreshing, a place where your soul can be made strong again. Let me pray over you today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over everybody watching and listening to these broadcasts right now. And I pray a strengthening of the soul would begin to take place as they cry out to you in faith for that revival of the soul. I pray that they would experience the same anointing and the same power of God, the same, the very same spirit of God that raised this man up in Acts chapter three. that that ministered strength to his body, to his feet, to his ankle bones. Father, we minister that same strength to people watching today. In Jesus' name, be made well, be made whole, be made strong, spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name, amen.